Welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I'm your host, Trillificent, and I have to say, it feels so good to be back. Oh, I can't believe I have this microphone in front of my face, and I am talking to you guys again. First and foremost, thank you for sticking around. Thank you to everyone that has been listening to the show while I have been on hiatus. And speaking of, the hiatus was short, but it was very necessary. We'll get to that in a minute. So let's get the housekeeping out of the way first. As always, you guys, you can listen to this show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or whatever your favorite podcast app is, such as Overcast. And of course, there's other places, Google Play, blah, 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 blah. Just put it into Google. The show will come up. It's all over the Internet. Also, if you want to connect with me, you can email me at gaysidestories at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Twitter or on Instagram at gaysidestories on both of those. Whatever it is, letters, compliments, if you have a show topic idea, if you have a story that you don't mind having read being read on the show, If you want to be on the show or if you want me to be on your show, if you happen to also be a podcaster, send all that stuff to any of those places and I will get back to it as soon as possible. All right. Enough of that boring stuff. Let's get to the good stuff. Hiatus. Why I'm here. I want to tell you guys all about it. So if you did not know, if you don't follow my personal accounts or if you happen to miss the post I did on the Gay Side Stories accounts, I have relocated. I left the humid armpit of Houston, Texas for the crisp haze of greater Seattle, Washington. Crazy or not so crazy. I had you know I had to talk myself into it and I was thinking, you know, people move every day, B. Like it's not a big deal. It is a big deal for me. And we'll get to that in a minute, but I really had to put things into perspective and say, for my life, this is a big change. But on the grand scale of things, of just things that people do on a day to day basis, this is par for the course. So let's start with the decision. Your first thought when you heard that was probably, well, why did he move? He seemed like he was cool in Houston. Everything was good. You know, he had his friends. He. Um, um, his family was in close proximity, even if they don't have a good relationship. Like, why would he move? There are a few reasons. First off, I was unemployed. So unbeknownst to many, unemployment has been an up and down struggle for me for the past, I want to say maybe two to three years. I used to work in the oil and gas industry And if you know anything about that industry and the price of oil and all of that BS, you know that it has not been a good stretch for the past couple of years. And I have been directly affected by that. So I lost my job for the second time in 2018 in early October. It wasn't terrible, but it was an adversity. Um... I knew that I was going to be losing that job. I was working contract and, you know, first of all, Texas is a work at will state, which I think a lot of them are. And I was also working contract. So it's like doubly like, all right, girl, get, get your bill folding and get on out the door. 
but I knew it was coming. So I reached out to this company that I had talked to a couple of years ago. It's a staffing agency. And I just asked them, I was like, hey, what do you guys have? And they hit me back and they said, hey, it's great to hear from you. Um, yeah, the only thing we have currently that is in your ballpark is based in Seattle. And at the time, I was just like, oh, okay, you know, that's cool. I wasn't really thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to move to Seattle. I was just thinking, you know, this will be something that I kind of entertain for the time being until I figure out what my next move is going to be. That being said, I don't think I've ever gotten a job this easy outside of someone literally getting a job for me, i.e., my first job at a grocery store, my mom came home and was like, you start work tomorrow. Like the day after my 16th birthday, my mom was like, well, you're going to work tomorrow. So yeah. And when I first started in this industry, my stepfather begrudgingly got me a job where he was working. And that was my introduction to what I do and the oil and gas industry. And I went into the company I met with the manager and it was literally just, hey, you have the job. This is just a formality. You got to fill out some paperwork, all of that kind of good stuff. So this was, I guess I would say the third easiest I've ever gotten a job. They let me know about that. I sent my resume. They reformatted it with a few questions. I answered the questions. They sent my resume to the company. They asked for a phone interview. Mind you, this is all happening within like a week. Um, they asked for a phone interview. The phone interview was the next week, so we're entering week two. And the phone interview was literally my now boss and the a representative from the company that I work for. So I contract with the company, but my boss on the actual project that I'm working on. And it was a 30 minute phone call. He literally spent, I want to say 15, maybe 17 minutes just talking about the project. He spent another five to seven minutes talking about the area. He is also a transplant from, I want to say, California. So he was just going on and on about, hey, this is how it is. This is what the weather is like. This is the, you know, the things that you have to contend with. He then asked me if I had any questions and he had pretty much answered all of my questions. But I was kind of like, oh, I should ask something. I can't let him do all the talking. So I just made up some BS question to ask him. This is in minute. 24 to 25 of the phone call he says well I don't really have any questions about you know you or your your experience he said your resume was pretty good actually he said the resume was excellent and said I shared it with my colleagues we didn't have any questions and basically to wrap everything up if you want the job it's here you just have to come get it now, mind you, this is not an upward move. It's more of a lateral move as far as position, pay and all of that kind of stuff. However, there were other things that I took into account. So number one, I wanted something new. 
So I've been feeling for a while, I want to say over a year, all the way back to 2017. I want to say it was maybe late spring, uh, summer 2017. I remember being in therapy, talking to my therapist that quit on me. Anyway, and I was telling him, I feel like there's something huge coming, but I don't know what it is. It looks dark. I can't figure out what is it. But there's something there and I'll feel like something was supposed to come earlier, but I was not ready to receive it. I made the recognition that something is coming, but I didn't open myself to receive whatever that was. It was just kind of like, well, something's coming. I don't know what it is. Help. So. I felt like, you know what, this must be what. It was. And if it wasn't that, then this is the next thing. You know, I maybe I missed the window on the first thing that I was supposed to experience. But here's another thing. And it's right here in my face. The other thing is I started to feel like and this was a couple of months coming. I want to say maybe all the way back to April of 2018. I really felt like. Or I started questioning is is Houston where I'm supposed to be? It's my home city. I've never lived anywhere else. I've never really experienced anything else as far as accommodations. Like I've traveled, I've been to other places. I've been to another continent, but home was always Houston. And it got to the point where I felt like I had gotten really, really, really comfortable. And the first time I was unemployed, I was unemployed for seven months. And that was the first time that I have felt uncomfortable since ooh, 2008, really. Like when my parents kicked me out and I had to fend, for, I had to really fend for myself, even though I was prepared because that's what I do. I'm a planner and I can kind of see things on the horizon sometimes. So I knew that my parents and I were going to have have it out. I had already started laying the groundwork for me to get out and they just so happened we had a fight and they kicked me out a month before I launched my own plan. I landed on my feet and I've been pretty comfortable ever since I've moved from job to job. You know, I've increased my pay. I've increased my skill level. I've bolstered my resume and I got really comfortable. At one point, I was making really, really good money, you know, traveling all over the place, all over the country. And like I said, to Africa, another continent, no Raven Simone. And all of that was great. And I'm so thankful for the experiences. And I'm thankful that I was always able to take care of myself and provide for myself and for uh, Nigga Cat, a.k.a. Gar Cliff which we'll get to that in a minute. But outside of that, I was like, man, I, as the years went by, I just kind of looked back and I was like, every year is like you stay in the house more. Lord knows you're just sitting here eating food, getting all fat and sassy. And I think the most that I had done since I had that one year where I was traveling almost every month was start this podcast. Well, that was late 2017. And I'm just like, and even then I was unemployed and I'm just looking and I'm thinking to myself, 
what are you doing with your life? Like, you are really just letting life pass you by. You're not experiencing it. You're not living. You know, you're just existing. And some of that we can say, you know, with my mental health, I do struggle with depression, clinical depression, all of that good stuff. But self-awareness has been something that I've been working on since early 2017. Like, I've always been kind of self-aware, but I've been very targeted in my self-awareness not only for me but my circle what's around me who's around me what am i doing what am i letting in and what am i putting out all that to say i just felt like i just was way too comfortable with my life and it wasn't leading me anywhere like yeah it's good to be comfortable it's good to have money in the bank but i just i don't know i just felt like if there's something else out there for me if i'm supposed to be doing something I'm not going to find it sitting here in my apartment, going to work and then coming home, maybe every now and then going to Nikki's house or going to Mo's house every now and then, maybe traveling to D.C. to see my friends, which I go to D.C. I've gone to D.C. a lot because I have friends there, go to North Carolina to see Bree and my God kids every now and then go to New York. But what am I really doing? Like in between that stuff, what am I doing? What do I have to show for my life? And again, the most that I could come up with outside of great relationships with my friends is the podcast. And I'm just like, there has to be more or maybe there's something else. And the podcast will help me expand that. And I'm grateful for the podcast. I'm grateful for everyone that supports me and for the network that I have stumbled into. All of the other smaller podcasts, some of the bigger ones, people that I know, maybe we're not friends, but we're acquaintances. Your friends are my friends. I'm thankful for all of that. I'm thankful to to have been embraced. And I really feel like if it had not been for this podcast, I would have struggled even more than I did in my first bout of unemployment, my second one, my third one. You know, it's just been a lot. So those were the things that I was really looking at as far as why am I entertaining this move? Because on paper to a lot of people, it probably does not make sense. Like if you're not moving for a huge promotion or if you're not making a whole lot more money, why are you moving? Why not just stay where you are? Well, bills, (laughs) bills and bills. Automobiles, okay, telephono bills, all of the bills, okay. I needed a job and it was very, very difficult in Houston to find a job. Even the job that I had that I lost after six months was hard to find because there's so many people in the city that are unemployed. Like certain industries are booming and a lot of people are moving to Houston, but oil and gas, listen, it's a struggle, all right? It's a struggle. So that was the decision. So let's talk about the journey. (laughs) And I texted Nikki and I told Nikki, I'm already planning to record the episode. I know what I want to talk about. Don't judge me. okay? because there are things that you don't know about (laughs) that I did as I was leaving the city. So don't judge me. So here we are. Judgment free zone. okay? we all live in our truth. We all walk in our truth. So my journey leaving Houston was quick, obviously, because by October, 
19th, I had kind of lazily decided to take the job. I signed the paperwork, you know, everything, which, you know, you can always be like, hey, girl, like, thanks for the offer. And I know I signed and everything, but no, but I signed the paperwork and I just thought to myself between the, the 19th and when I get back from my trip. Uh, to Cleveland, which shout out to Candace and Mike. I went to the Val Renewal and Bree met me there. I was like, after that trip, that's when I'm really going to buckle down and figure out, am I going to do this or is something else going to pop up? Now, that wasn't a lot of time. It was only like two weeks, but it is what it is. I went out to Cleveland, had a great time, came back and I said, OK, well, nothing's popping in Houston. Nobody's ringing my line. Nobody's emailing me about a job and I have a job and I've decided that I want to shake things up. So I'm going to move. So the month of November was me literally selling as much stuff as I could, cleaning out my apartment, just doing everything that I could to get some money to fund the move because it's not cheap to drive across the country. Gas is a thing. And I just could not take a lot of stuff. And I didn't want to take a lot of stuff. Like people were asking me, oh, are you going to have stuff shipped? Are you going to have your car shipped? And I was like, no, I'm going to drive. And I'm only taking with me what will fit in my truck. Now, what kind of truck do I have? I call it a truck because I'm country, but it's like a little crossover SUV. It's a BMW X3. It is used. I bought it used and I got like a really good deal because I, I searched through my credit union. Don't get it twisted. I don't have no money. OK, I just told you I was unemployed for seven months. It was a struggle to, to keep pay, making the payments. Thank God for unemployment and Uber, especially when they made it super easy to drive Uber in Houston. Woo. That was a blessing. But and thank God for my friends for, you know, they were every now and then someone would be like, hi, how are you doing? And they would kick me something. So I was like, OK, whatever's going to fit in this little rinky dink BMW is all I'm taking. Clothes, whatever. So I started selling everything. I had a TV. So that I mean, literally Everything that I could sell, I sold it. And if I didn't sell it, I left it at the apartment, let them deal with it. Gave notice. And of course, they charging me a shitload of money because I'm breaking my lease. But it is what it is. And by November 30th, that was my last day in my apartment. Or I guess uh, I spent the night on the 30th and I turned my keys in on the 1st. The little bit of stuff that I wanted to keep, but I wasn't bringing with me, I put in storage. And for a few days before I left, I stayed with Nikki and her family. Shout, again, shout out to her. Like, I don't know. I'll get there. I'll get there. So I stayed with Nikki those few days and I was driving Uber again, trying to make as much money as I could to help fund the move. And just thinking about things that I had to have money for when I got here as far as me actually being here um it was a struggle and at first I was very concerned because I was like I don't know where I'm gonna live I don't have no fucking money I can't afford to I can't afford to 
pay for deposits and the rent here, you know, the cost of living is more. I don't have the money. I just, I don't have the money. Luckily, Naj, my brother, Naj, not my brother, but my brother from another mother, he was like, well, rent a room, child. Here's some resources. And my friend, uh, Dion also was like, here's some resources. I went through roommates.com and I put on my profile that I was gay. I didn't want no problems. Whoever I'm renting a room from, you need to be all right with the fact that I suck dick or eat booty or whatever I feel like doing if I feel like having sex. Whatever, you know, I, I fly the rainbow flag is probably a better way to say that. I didn't have to get sexual. But anyway, um, someone reached out to me and the rent was hella cheap. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, this is it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be easy. Cause I haven't had a roommate in like seven years. Um, so I was just like, man, but you know what? I'm gonna make it work. And I was just thinking about the financial cause my finances of course are fucked up cause I'm been unemployed and I didn't have a job long enough to really recover all the way before I lost it again. So my finances, my finances look like a one's mama's wig. So I was just like, this this will do. I will have to be uncomfortable for a few months while I adjust, but at least I'll be able to recover financially. And I made that commitment and everything was in place. The only thing I had to do was literally get here. But before I got here, I did some whole shit. <laughs> Not even before I got here, before I left Houston, I did some whole shit. So listen, I again, <laughs> this is a judgment free zone. OK, so there was this guy that I hooked up with over the years a few times, not consistently. And I was like, listen, if I'm going to be leaving a city, this this one in particular is one that I need to experience one more time before I go. Okay. I feel like we all have at least one person. Like if I have to leave, what's up with the what's up? So, uh, there were some, uh, extenuating circumstances with that. And we were going back and forth and I was like, all right, well, I guess it's just not meant to be. I mean, I was kind of like, yeah, it would have been nice, but it is what it is. He was like, no, 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 no. We can find a way we can make it work. I will fully admit that I was completely trifling in doing this and I'm not going to get into the whole nitty gritty of why I was trifling. Use your imagination. It's not that difficult. You can probably guess why I was trifling, but it is what it is. I was like, you know what? I'm going on an adventure. I felt like uh, Bilbo Baggins from what? It, which one? The Hobbit. I'm going on a motherfucking adventure. This is part of the adventure. This is me getting out of my comfort zone. Should I be doing fuckboy shit to get out of my comfort zone? Maybe not, but you know what? It makes for a good story. Okay? So, mind you, it's cold outside. It's like 50 degrees, maybe even 45 degrees. I go over to this. No, wait. So, I wake up that morning. I go take my shower. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm at Nikki's house. 3 o'clock in the morning. I go down four o'clock or so, um, pack all of my stuff because I, I had stuff. All of my stuff that I was taking with me was in Nikki's garage. <laughs> so I put all of the stuff in my truck. Shout out to her husband for backing my truck in the night before 
made it super easy. Went up, knocked on the door, you know, gave him a hug. She came down and we were hugging, you know, like, oh, be safe. And then she started crying and I started crying. And I was like, I was like, nephew, you're not going to have me out here crying. And she, <laughs> but we said our goodbyes. I got in my truck and I went right over to the dude's apartment. So he was like, well, I mean, for X reasons, we got to be outside. And I was like, bitch, it is fucking cold. I mean, it's cold. But I was like, okay. Like, we couldn't even do anything in my truck because it was full of shit. So, <laughs> I swear to God, this is like a story. I should not have been 34 years old doing this. But again, it is what it is, okay? Judge me not. Judge your dick-sucking stepmother, as John from the John Fix says. Speaking of dick-sucking. No. <laughs> so, we're on the side of his apartment building. And we are doing things. And he was like, hey, you know, I scouted before you got here. And there's like this lot where they're building a house and there's a porta potty, but it's brand new. Like it hasn't been used or anything. We can go in there. And I was like, am I really about to hook up with a dude outside in Houston of V, Texas in 45 degree weather? When I should be getting on the road and heading to my destination? <sighs> Friends, the answer was yes. I did that shit. Don't ask how we coordinated doing things in a porta potty. All I will say is thank God he was thin. That made it a little easier. But uh, yeah, so I got a nice send off. Um, it was dope. You know, I'm not going to lie. It was always dope hooking up with him, which is why I wanted to do it. And it is what it is. We walked back and I was like, all right, take care of yourself. And I got in my truck and I left. All right. I booked it to my first stop in Dallas, Texas. So I had a friend in Dallas. He was uh, he's a recent transplant of Dallas. Like He used to live in Houston. And long story short, like, God, I was so trifling. Um, I, I met him a few years ago and he came over and we like hooked up and <laughs> we were hooking up while I was supposed to be picking up Brie from the airport. <laughs> I think I told her about this and she was like, nigga, I understand but I was like, I felt bad, but I was like, I mean, like he, he walked out and then he came back and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of being good. Cause we were just sitting there chilling and talking. So he came back and was like, no, I'm tired of being good. And we, you know, we did what we did. So we hooked up a few times over the years. He moved to Dallas. I was in Dallas not too long. I think I went to Dallas one of the weekends in November to visit some people and that was a whole ordeal and I don't even want to get into that but I was supposed to see him and ended up not happening I was like well when I head out of state I'm going to go through Dallas anyway so I'll just I can stop and we can chill for a minute I wasn't expecting much to happen because I don't know it was like a random Wednesday <laughs> Tuesday Wednesday and I was like eh, I mean you know, like I genuinely just wanted to stop and see a friend before I left. Um, it was very quick because he had to go to work and 
Long story short, my dick was out yet again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. So I got to send off from Dallas too. Blast off. You know, whatever. It is what it is. Double the trouble. You know, Team Rocket in this whole shit, I guess. Whatever. So then I left Dallas and I drove all the way to Amarillo, Texas. And I literally stopped. I got gas. I got something to eat. And I left. Shout out to my friend Juanita. She called me and she talked to me for a few hours while I was driving. Let me tell y'all something. Driving through, I mean, really driving through Texas, but driving through North Texas, like from Southeast Texas to Northeast Texas to North Texas, boring as fuck. There is literally nothing to see. Although, to be fair, there wasn't a lot to see on the whole journey. Outside of just, oh, I'm in a different state. Look. So stopped in Amarillo. Got back on the road. It took me pretty much the whole day to get out of Texas. Like I was barely getting out of Texas and it was dark. But my next stop was Colorado Springs. So I from Amarillo, I went through New Mexico and then from New Mexico, I went through Colorado and I had to stop in Colorado Springs because I didn't have enough gas to get to Denver. And I was stopping in Denver because, lo and behold, my friend Candace and her family, they live in Denver. And she was like, she's been super supportive. I mean, all of my friends have been super supportive about the move and everything. And she was like, yeah, she was like, well, come through Denver. If you come through Denver, then, you know, come stop and get you a hot meal and some rest. So shout out to her because she had cooked some oxtail and rice and peas, I was like, ooh, I felt loved. I'm not even going to lie. Like, who does, you know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't had people cook food for me like that. And I don't know how long. Shit. Even, I feel like even my mama used to have an attitude when she would cook. So to have a friend be like, now nah, I got this for you. Sit down. Here's some wine. And we sat up and we talked. I got to her house about 1030 on that Wednesday night. And we talked until like 130 in the morning. Got in the bed, slept for a couple hours, woke up, couldn't sleep. So I'm my, my dumb ass, knowing I got another 20 hours because it took me about with the added traffic in Dallas that morning. It probably took me about 16 hours to get from Houston to Denver. So I'm like, I got another 20 hours from Denver to Seattle. And here I am at 4 30, 5 o'clock in the morning watching Martin. And then Living Single came on. So now I'm sitting up watching Living Single when I should be asleep. Finally, I fell asleep. I didn't even get up until like 1 o'clock the next day. <laughs> I woke up and Candace's husband, Mike, had made like bacon and blueberry pancakes with the crispy edges. Shout out to him. Listen, I am a slut for crispy edge pancake, okay? There's a lot that I would do if you going to serve me some crispy egg, edge pancakes. I'm just going to put that out there for anybody that hears this that might be living in Seattle. Do you know, you know what the saying is, you know, do something strange for some change. I'll do something strange for some crispy edge pancakes. Oof, that was terrible. Anyway, so I slept, got up, ate. You know, wash myself off and okay, I was like, okay, I'm ready. 
and I left her house about three and then I met up with a mutual follower. I, I want to say we've been following each other for a few years. Um, her name is Ashley on Twitter. She went by DAB. If you let me, I believe, I don't know if she still has that account name or if she's even still on Twitter, but we're connected on Facebook too. Um, so we met up and I mean, it was great just meeting somebody new and I'm in a whole different city. I'm in motherfucking Denver. I've never even been to Denver. I'm sitting out in Denver. She gave me some treats because you know, things are legal <laughs> in Colorado. So she gave me a little goodie bag of treats and I hit the road. I stopped and I got gas. I got something to eat and I was out of there. So from Denver, my next stop was Rock Springs, Wyoming. And when I say I stopped and went, I stopped and went. When I left Denver, all of my stops were going to be get the gas as fast as possible and get the fuck on. Like I had gotten enough snacks and food. I was not trying to linger anywhere in them flyover states. I'm not bullshitting. I am too fucking black. I'm too fucking big. I am too fucking dark skinned. I'm not playing no motherfucking games. Rock Springs, Wyoming. I got my gas and I got the fuck out of Dodge. My next stop after Wyoming, which is shout out to Wyoming because there was that one patch when I was driving through the mountain and the road wasn't paved. And I felt like I was in one of the movies. I was like, is some like coyotes about to be up on the, on the horizon looking down at me? Like, who is this bitch in this? I don't know. Listen, I was trying to get the fuck out of Wyoming, okay? And then it was got super cold. I mean, like, the temperature dropped as as I was going to, like, zero. My windshield started to freeze up. My windshield wiper fluid was completely frozen. And I was just driving and driving and driving. I was... Talking on the phone, uh, again, shout out to my friend Juanita, shout out to Bree, um, shout out to my cousin Kosha, who's been on the show, Dreadful Phoenix, you know, everybody was calling me and I was listening to podcasts, I was listening to music and I was just driving. Um, my next stop was in Idaho, but from Wyoming, I drove through, um, I drove through Utah. And I drove just north of Salt Lake City. So I didn't drive through Salt Lake City. And I was texting uh, Naj and I pulled over into a rest stop because I was tired as fuck. Like when I left, um, let me see, when I left Denver, I had stopped. I don't even know where I was. I just pulled over on the side of the road, one of them truck parking places. And I took a nap for like 30 minutes because I was so tired. I did not get enough rest. When I was in Denver, shout out to my body being like, we don't know what's going on. We're not going to sleep. We are on alert. But um, it worked out and it was so stupid because I pulled over into a truck parking place on the side of the highway. And then when I got back on the road, like a mile ahead, it was like a proper rest stop. I was so mad, but whatever. I wasn't getting out of my truck anyway. Kept going, went through Utah, pulled over for a little bit to text him got back on the road and went through Idaho, stopped in Eden. And again, it was in and out. Now it was cold as fuck in Eden. Like it was cold in Colorado. It was cold as fuck in Colorado Springs when I stopped to get that gas. 
But when I got to Eden, that was a whole different kind of cold. I was like, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am, no ham, no Pam, no spam. Kept going. My next stop was in Oregon. So I went through Idaho to Oregon and I stopped in Baker City. And Baker City was off of the main highway. And it felt like when I was driving through that city, it felt like literally the setting of every Hallmark Christmas movie with the little bit of snow that was out and it was cold and it, the sun was just coming up because I did most of the driving between Wednesday or between Thursday and Friday overnight, obviously, because I left Denver so late. So I didn't really get to see anything, not that there was anything to see. But um, got to Baker City and again, I got my gas and Bree called me. I stopped at McDonald's and got a little something. I wanted some iced coffee because I don't really do hot drinks. My tongue does not have the range, at least not. Let me never. Mm-mm. Anyway, and from Baker City, it was my last leg and I was like, I should pull over and I should rest. But I don't know. I just got energized like the adrenaline was pumping because I was like, I am on my last leg. I am on the last five hours of this trip. And I just kept going. I just kept going. I went through Oregon and the air was so fresh. I was just like, wow, like it just smells like, is this still planet Earth? I don't know. I, I don't know. It was it was just it was an experience. Went through Oregon and then I got to Washington, went through Washington. And I want to say I was maybe 45 minutes or so outside of Seattle. And I was like, well, I'm in Washington now. So I pulled out my little goodie bag that I got in Colorado and I sparked up while I was driving because <laughs> I was like, why the fuck not? Now, I didn't do too much because my tolerance for um, THC is not high. So it makes me sleepy. So I didn't I didn't do too much. I just wanted to get a little taste, I guess, and kept driving. And then I spilled something while I was driving like all the I mean, listen, when I got closer and closer to Seattle, the way that the highway twisted and turned, I was like, is this the motherfucking Audubon? Like, what the fuck? And I felt like I was in Lord of the Rings, like the mountains were just so high. And there was this patch that I drove through where we couldn't see shit. Because we were so high and it was so dense. The fog was so dense. Like even driving with your hazard lights could not see shit. I was scared as fuck. Now, let me amend this. I was scared the whole drive once I left Dallas. Because I was scared as fuck that I, I was going to hit a deer. So a majority of the way, I was driving behind 18 wheelers. Because I was like, if these deer jump their bitch asses out. Let the 18 wheeler hit them. Y'all are better equipped than I am. OK, my little car, my little truck, my little BMW it does not have the range. I don't have the range. My bank account don't have the range. My insurance probably does not have the range. Let's be deer free. Luckily, I was deer free. Didn't even see any deer, let alone hit any. But yeah, so when I got closer, I pulled over and because I had sp spilled something and this BMW, like a red BMW car pulled over. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? 
I was like, man, I ain't even made it to my destination. Somebody already fucking with me. Lord Jesus. And it was this white man and his teeth. Ooh. His, his teeth look like a disaster. I'm sorry. I have anyway, but he came up and I let the window down and he was like, is everything okay? You need any help? And I was like, I'm fine. I just spilled something. It's all good. And he was like, okay, you sure? And I was like, I was still kind of leery because I'm just like, sir, what the fuck is you even doing? Cause I'm not used to that kind of shit in Houston. People don't do that. And if they do, they probably got a gun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was like, what is you even doing, sir? But he was like super helpful. And he was like, I just want to make sure everything's okay. And I was like, everything's okay. Thanks so much. You know, forced a smile on my face. He pulled off and not even two minutes later, I couldn't even have a chance to clean the shit up that I spilled. A police officer pulled behind me and I was like, oh, God damn. Here we fucking go. Then um, he came up. And he came up on my passenger side, I guess, to show that he wasn't, you know, it was he was friendly, I guess. And he asked me, he was like, everything OK? And I was like, I just spilled something. Everything's fine. He was like, OK. He got back in his in his truck and he pulled off. And I was like, what is this? Like people nice like this in Washington state? Let me find out. Anyway, kept going, made it to my destination went did a little i had to run a few errands when i got there and then i got in the bed and i slept obviously i slept and i slept and i slept <laughs> so that was pretty much the whole journey and again i want to give a shout out shout out to brie and juanita um deasia ali from bad and boozy uh my friend dion uh, Mo back in Houston, Ori Glamazon, Nikki, of course, Naj, like just so many people that were so supportive. Um, there were a couple of people that because I was still trying to record a few shows before I left. So um, I talked to Kevin about it from the outline. He was super supportive. Um, uh, S dot from random tandem was super supportive. Like just so many people. Like I, I got so much love on this and it was really the confirmation that I needed. And it was just the blanket that I needed to be like, you know, I can go and I can do this and I'm going to be okay. I got people supporting me. My, my biological father came through in the clutch when I needed him. And it was just, I made it work. I made it work. I made it work. So the destination, here I am in Greater Seattle. I'm renting a room for financial reasons. My roommates, they're okay thus far, but let's pray that it stays that way for the duration because they are a couple. So the trials and tribulations of living with a couple and they're super young too. They're like 22 and 23. They're LGBT couple. Um, cis woman and a trans man so i was like okay well that's cool something different at least we're all you know somewhere on the lgbt spectrum so that's cool um so far it's been a pretty easy transition and i think it's because where i'm living is not that much different from houston the commute is easy and it's not that far you know it's like 20 minutes without traffic 
it's it's just been an e and i think it's also because i hit the ground running like i got here on a friday and i started work the next monday on the 10th of december now i did get a lot of people kind of warning me or just kind of giving a friendly hey you know the weather and the weather i was like okay they were like well you know you're kind of moving in the winter and you know stays gray and rainy for months on months on months and i was just like Okay, but y'all don't know rain like I know rain. All right, I'm from Houston, and every now and then we get hurricane, or we at least get side swept by a hurricane, so we get all of that goddamn rain. Like I'm from a place where when it rains, it can flood, and the whole freeway will be underwater. So this little mist and drizzle, I'm like, this ain't rain, so I'm good. And as far as you know. It being gray and there not being a lot of sunlight. I'm like, you don't listen. I struggle with depression. I went an entire month, literally, where I did not leave my apartment. And I had the blinds drawn the whole time. Like, I, to the point where I didn't go outside. Like, I wasn't getting that much sunlight in Houston. My doctor was like, okay, you're going to have to take a vitamin D supplement, sis. And I was like, well, shit. I still didn't go outside, though. Anyway, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't worried about the weather. And it really hasn't bothered me that much because at least it's consistent like in houston in this almost month that i've been here we could have had varying degrees in temperature of 30 um rain sunlight one day it'll be 40 the next day it'll be 75 and at least here it's like every day i know it's gonna be somewhere in the 40s and it might be a little misty it might rain a bit or it could be sunshine, but at least it's pretty consistent. Hasn't bothered me that much. And I think I was already prepared because I had traveled in the past to Anchorage in the winter. So I was like, I've dealt with snow. I mean, I don't know if I was prepared to deal with snow often, but luckily it does not really snow here. And with the dark, you know the sunlight I was already prepared because again I've been there in, in the winter and I experienced it where the sun did not come up until after 9 a.m. and it started to set at like 3 30 p.m. so that didn't bother me either it's just been real cool it's been real easy I love 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 all of the trees like all of the foliage because listen y'all don't understand Houston is the fuck flat like the flattest ass that you've ever seen in your life that's Houston so to have hills and 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 trees and it just look like listen I feel like I'm in twilight okay call me Bella and it's just been cool I mean it's taken some getting used to for my vehicle and the way I drive because I'm they drive a lot slower here and I'm used to being a speed demon because that's just how we drive in Houston so that's taken some getting used to but what has been helping is that weed is completely legal here they have dispensaries every when I say they have dispensaries everywhere they have dispensaries every the fuck where and that's really all I need to say about that shout out to Falu from the get into it podcast he was on this show many moons ago he's currently here from france so we met up the first weekend that i was in the city we went to see the read live that saturday that was fun going downtown in seattle 
And then we met up again. We went to go see Spider-Man into the uh, into the Spider-Verse, which is an amazing movie. If you have not seen it, go fucking see it. OK, it's, it's great. The animation is amazing. The story was really good. It didn't come across as just a flat out white savior movie, which I was kind of scared it was going to be. And it is what it is. So to wrap this up. Let's talk about the gay shit, okay? Because this is gay side stories, and this is where the gay shit goes, all right? So, of course, the men are not much different, and I didn't expect them to be, but, you know, just confirmation. I realized a few years ago that gay men are pretty much the same. Men are pretty much the same everywhere you go. There's some slight differences as far as body types that are a little bit more acceptable, but overall, men go men, okay? So, apparently, the bear community here is huge, like huge and I ain't just talking about the bellies okay like they everywhere it's a whole lot of white men of course but there's also a lot of Asian men there's a lot of Latino men too so or Latinx I should say um there's also a lot of guys in open relationships and marriages and when I say a lot I mean like damn near every other profile is like I'm in an open marriage I'm in an open relationship I mean, I'm not mad at it because you do whatever works for you and yours. I don't even really see myself being in a traditional relationship. So it didn't really bother me to see guys be like, I'm in an open whatever, whatever floats your boat and finds your lost remote. Um, So I met a guy, a white guy on Growler. Seems pretty nice. He's been real friendly to me, helping me out. You know, we've gone to dinner a couple of times, not on like some date shit, but just some meet up and see if we vibe as far as friends go so that's been cool getting to know him there's a an older gentleman that's been chatting me up on one of the apps and i'm who child to get up because <laughs> on paper it looks a mess like he's in his late 40s and he's like oh i live with my son's mother and her mother and my son and he's like but i'm just looking for some you know some dick to suck and i'm just like this sounds interesting. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, you can come over Monday through Friday between seven and four. And I'm like, nigga, I got a job. The fuck is you talking about? Those are prime work hours. Anyway, we keep it going. I mean, I don't know. The BBC crowd is just as annoying here. The shitty conversationalists are alive and well. They are thriving here in Seattle, Washington. Let me tell you. And the weirdos. So there's this one weirdo because the black guys are not that friendly to other black guys, which I've. I've learned, I mean, I wasn't expecting to be like embraced by other black guys, but the way they act, you'd be like, well, goddamn. But anyway, so this one guy, he initiated conversation with me. He was like, oh, you know, you're so handsome, blah, 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 blah. He said, but I'm just looking for friends. And I'm like, okay, I'm already getting mixed signals because you could have just been like, hi, you didn't have to call me. I don't know. Like if I'm trying to be friends with somebody, I'm not going to walk up to somebody or message somebody and be like, oh my God, you're so handsome. Like that's weird to me. If I just want to be friends and he didn't say anything about friends with benefits. He was like, I'm looking for platonic friends. And I was, and I, so I was like, okay. I mean, so we talked a little bit and then later in the conversation, I just kind of reiterated because I was like, mm, I don't know. Something in the milk ain't clean. And he was like, yeah, I'm just looking for friends. And then, then he says, I'm only attracted to white guys and some a- Asian but you and me can be good buddies. And I was like, I'm good, nigga. Enjoy. Because that's some weirdo shit. Like 
to flat out be like, I'm only attracted to white guys. And he was black. And I was just like, huh? I like, but you, you started this conversation calling me handsome. And I was, I don't know. It was just hella weird to me. And there's this tweet and I can't remember who, who said it. And I see it every now and then on my timeline about, um, don't not trusting people who don't see the beauty in their own race. And that was the vibe that I was getting like, okay, I'm good to be, I'm good enough to be your good buddy, but you only want to date white men. It was, it was, it, I don't know. I didn't like it. It rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I did it that conversation. Cause I was like, no, this is some weird shit. Well, I think that is that. So obviously, cause I had some people ask the show will continue. Of course. Now, I don't know. I'm going to play around with things because my recording situation is a little bit different here. Back home or back in Houston, I should say, I just recorded in my living room. But here, you know, because I have roommates and, you know, it's, it's just not a good situation to be trying to record where I live. At first, I was like, well, shit, I don't know where I'm going to record. But I had a couple of people suggest you know see if you can like rent a room in your library and i was like i don't know i don't know if that's gonna work like i I didn't say that but i was like oh that ain't gonna work but then brie was like hey try it out you know see if you can rent a room at your local library and i was like well if brie say i don't know i was being trifling (laughs) anyway so i looked online and sure enough there was a library like right down the street from uh where i live And you can rent study rooms and meeting rooms online, or I guess you can call too. But, you know, I like to do everything online because, you know, minimal human interaction. And so, so far it's worked. I am currently in one of the study rooms recording this. I recorded an episode of Ratchet Ramblings in the study room. And I think it'll work out, you know, just have to now it's going to be a lot more planning. I'm not going to have as much freedom as I did before to just kind of record whenever a guest says they're available. So if you're hearing this and I've hit you up about being on the show or you're thinking about shooting your shot to be on the show, be mindful that we'll have to schedule diligently because I have to make sure that I can get a space in the room at this library or one of the other ones in order to do the recording. I may be able to make some concessions, but it would, it would be best if we could schedule, you know, maybe two weeks or so in advance. That way I can make sure I have it. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe even the frequency may change just because it's not as easy for me to do what I was doing before. I don't know yet. We'll just have to play it by ear. But the show is definitely continuing. I'm not giving up. I'm not done talking. I'm not done with this work. And part of me moving also was like, I don't know. I just felt like if I'm in a different market, who knows what might happen with the podcast? So there's podcasts here that I want to link up with. Shout out to the Gayish podcast and the Table podcast. I definitely want to link up with both of them at some point. And hopefully, you know, we can all be on each other's shows. Um, there's tons of people that I still want to collaborate with. Um, and I 
obviously I have things in the work. My mind is still working. My outlines or <laughs> my notes app with my outlines is busting at the seams. Like I just have a lot of stuff that I want to do. So I'm going to continue to do it. And who knows, you know, maybe one day if I get a discount or something, I may go to like a podcast convention or something. Cause listen, that shit is expensive. Listen, they'd be like, yeah, come to the podcast convention. You can meet all these podcasters and it's like $200. Like bitch, 200 motherfucking dollars. Like, goddamn, I need that $200 to fund my fucking podcast. Anyway, shout out to the greater Seattle area. May it bring good fortune and plenty of hotels that I can share with you. My loyal listeners, if you want to reach out to me, Again, you can do so via email, gaysidestories at gmail.com. You can tweet me at Trillificent. You can DM me. Obviously, if you have my number, you can text me. Like, anyway, you can reach out to me if you just want to reach out. And for whatever reason, after you listen to this, feel free. And that is going to wrap this up. I cannot believe that I have sat here bumping my gums about this for an hour. But here we are. It is what it is. It's all good. So let's wrap this up. The hashtag is gay side pod. So please use that while you're live tweeting or if you post about the show in your Instagram stories or anything like that. Use that hashtag. Also, if you can use the hashtag pods by QPOC. That is the hashtag and directory that I created last year for queer podcasts of color i am going to be resurrecting that i kind of let it fall by the wayside because i had so much shit going on but i am going to be resurrecting that and i am going to be calling on my fellow queer podcasters of color to help get the word out and to help grow that directory and the use of that hashtag so if you hear from me or if you see something if you get tagged in something on instagram or twitter or facebook from pods by QPLC, or if I just reach out to you and be like, hey, can you start using this? I just want to help people find us because I feel like it's for us by us. Now, to reiterate, yes, I am aware of pods in color. Pods in color is for all podcasts by people of color. And I felt like we needed something specifically for the LGBT or queer community. And Barry over at Pause and Color agrees. She's been supportive. She retweets the stuff. If someone asks, hey, I want to find some more queer podcasts of color or podcasts hosted by queer people of color, she will direct them to the hashtag. She will tag my show. So it's all good there. But I just really felt like we need something for us by us. So anything that you can do if you hear this to help get the word out, if you want to help out in some kind of way, Whatever it takes, you know, I just want to grow this so that we all have a place where people can find us and we can find each other. Because even since I launched this, like I've just come across so many podcasts that I had never heard of people that I never heard of. So it's been amazing. I want to continue doing that. 2019, I really want to try to get that off the ground. I want to continue with Gay Side Stories and continue to reach a, hopefully a bigger audience. And who knows what may come down the line. I have some things that I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to do them. So we'll see. And again, like I said before, I am looking to collaborate more. So if you host a podcast and you want me to be a guest, let me know. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, let me know. 
if we're not really familiar with each other, like if we don't have a rapport, then it may be better if you come to me and say, hey, I want to be on your podcast and this is what I'm kind of thinking we can talk about. Just because I like to match the topic with the guests. So if we don't have, if we're not familiar with each other, it's going to be a little difficult for me to do that. So if you'd be like, hey, I would love to be on your show. Here's some things that I think I could be good at talking about. That would be a great help. And rate. I haven't gotten a new rating in a while. I think I got one maybe not too long ago. But listen, get on Apple Podcasts if you can. Leave your boy five star rating. If you feel inclined, you can also write a review. That also helps. That helps people find me. Um, Being a small grassroots podcast, every little bit helps. Every, Every share, every retweet, every like, word of mouth, like all of those little things, they matter and they help. You have no idea. You could just tell one of your friends, tell your cousin, tell a coworker, hey, have you checked out this podcast? If you like what I do, if you don't like it, then obviously none of this applies to you. Just don't like it in silence. Like you don't need to bash me. <laughs> no one star woes. And yeah, that's how we do things. So leave five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, or I think Stitcher you can leave reviews. I think on the on the Facebook page you can leave reviews and ratings. Wherever you can do that, please do so. I want to thank you all again for listening. There are so many podcasts out there. There are so many queer podcasts. Shout out to all the podcasts, the queer podcasts, I should say, that made Pods and Colors uh, annual year in lists. I see you and I'm proud of y'all. Please continue doing what you're doing. I do listen if I can. If I can't listen, I at least will download episodes so you can get those numbers. Like, listen, I'm all about unity in the community. All right. We all need to help each other. We all need to prop each other up. So. I am here for y'all and I support y'all. And I'm again, I'm super proud of everyone for doing what they're doing. I'm going to wrap this up. As always, you guys, please remember to love yourself. And it does not matter how you get down. Make sure that you protect your walls or they will crumble. And listen, it ain't nothing worse than some crumbly walls. All right. And take that how you will. All right. So with that being said, I'm out of here and I will see you guys probably next week. (laughs) I'm not 100 percent sure yet, but I will be seeing you again in the year in the year in the year, obviously, 2019, but in the month of January. And uh, yeah. Bye, guys.